Hello and welcome to Faith Life 365 podcast number three of the year 2020. Man, I'm happy to be here again today. We're talking about how does faith work. Now, if you miss podcast one and two, be sure to go back and listen, get caught up with us. Uh, we're going to say a prayer here, then we're going to jump into a quick recap and, uh, and get going. Father God, we come now before you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you. We thank you for your many blessings on our lives, things that you have given us and blessed us with. We thank you for your word. Father, we pray that you will open our eyes today, that we may see and open our ears, that we may hear your word, Father. Lord God, renew our minds. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding now as we study your word on the topic of faith. Amen and amen. All right. In podcast one, we defined biblical faith. We said that biblical faith could be defined like this. Faith is the substance, the confidence, the assurance, the foundation which has actual existence of things hoped for, the evidence, conviction, proof, assurance by which invisible things are proved and we are convinced of their reality as completely real as if we could see, hear, smell, touch, or taste it. Well, the amplified version puts it much simpler. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now, in podcast two, we left off with the question, how does faith work? So faith comes by hearing the word of God, and faith is activated by acting on the word of God. So you might say, well, okay, I understand that, but how does faith work? Well, faith is governed by the law of faith. Okay, what's the law of faith? Well, we're going to start today. Let's look at Romans 3, uh, verses 21 through 31 in the King James Version. It says, But now the righteousness of God without the law was manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith Jesus Christ unto all upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time is righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus." Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Okay. So we establish the law through faith. Now, just as we have the laws of physics, all right, physics being the natural science that, that studies matter, its motion and behavior through space and time and the related entities of energy and force, from this we have the law of gravity. Uh, remember Sir Isaac Newton? Boom. Apple on the noggin. Uh, 
the law of motion is also Sir Isaac Newton. Laws of flight, laws of electricity. We have laws that govern all types of things that we deal with in natural life. And if we fall outside of the bounds of those laws, uh, we run into problems. Now, these are not legislated laws. You know, these laws are developed based on scientific experiments, observations, mathematical formulas. Um, so let's explore for a minute and consider uh, an aircraft and its ability to flight. Uh, we're gonna just use this as an example of, of, of how these type laws affect and how they affect us in our life here. Um, so the ability for a plane to fly is governed in part by Sir Isaac Newton's law of motion. Uh, Newton's first law of motion states that every object will remain at rest or in uniform motion in a straight line unless compelled to change its state by the action of an external force. Now this is also known as the law of inertia. The second law of motion states, force is equal to the change in momentum per change in time. For a constant mass, force equals mass times acceleration. Now this explains how the velocity of an object changes when it is subjected to an external force. The law defines a force to be equal to change in momentum or the mass times velocity per change in time. Yeah, this is getting a little deep. Just stick with me. The third law of motion states that for every action or force in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That one should sound familiar. In other words, if object A exerts a force on object B, then object B also exerts an equal force on object A. Okay, now this is all great, but what does it have to do with faith, right? Just stick with me. We're going to get there. For an aircraft to fly, it must comply with the laws of motion. All right? An aircraft is acted upon by the opposing forces of thrust and drag and lift and weight. The engine must produce more force or thrust than there is drag and produce more lift than there is weight in order for it to get off the ground. So the greater the mass of the aircraft, the greater the force required to thrust it forward fast enough to achieve flight. Now, I'm not going to get into all the aerodynamics of flight, so, so don't, don't get up or, or concerned, but... Uh, but if the thrust from the engine is great enough to overcome the drag created by the mass or size of the aircraft, propelling the aircraft forward at a speed high enough to allow the wing to create lift greater than the weight of the aircraft, then the aircraft can fly. So the aircraft must meet all of these laws of motion in order for flight to occur. Now these are not you know, the only laws that must be met for safe flight, but most certainly that's, this is the starting point. These are the basic foundational rules and laws in order to get that aircraft in the air. You know, we have to overcome those forces, uh, which, you know, the laws of motion uh, or inertia. So faith is no different. Um, faith is governed by the spiritual laws God has set forth in his word. Uh, fulfilling one law but omitting other laws will result in a failure in your faith just as an aircraft cannot fly if it doesn't meet the laws of motion. Your faith will not work unless it meets the spiritual laws governing faith. All right, so let's look at some scriptures here. So Mark 11, uh, verses 12 through 14 and 20 through 26. The King James states, And on the morrow... When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, 
No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now we're going to skip down to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Jesus said uh, to the disciples that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. How can this be? Uh, do you believe this can be true? I mean, I have heard and read some say that Jesus was speaking in a parable that we just don't fully understand or that he really didn't mean that a physical mountain could truly be removed and cast into the sea. The mountain was representative of a problem or issue in your life. Well, I mean, what Jesus said can absolutely be applied to problems or issues in your life. But Jesus was speaking very clearly, and he did not place limits on what he said. Note, he also didn't say that only the 12 disciples or apostles could receive if they have faith and that only they could throw a mountain into the sea. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. He went on to say, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. You and I are whoever. So let's take a closer look. What did Jesus say to us in this scripture? Number one, he said, have faith in God. Believe God is who he says he is and that he is able to do what he says he can do. All right. Number two. He said, act on your faith, say it with your mouth, speak it out loud. Number three, he said, do not doubt in your heart or your spirit. Number four, he said, believe in your heart and spirit. So our heart is our spirit, our spirit is our heart. And that's, uh, that's why I'm adding the spirit in there. Uh, but he said, believe in your heart, spirit, that you receive. Number five. Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Well, these are laws governing faith. In order for faith to work as a minimum, you must be in compliance with these laws. Have faith in God. Act on your faith. Say it out loud. Speak it with your mouth. Do not doubt in your heart or your spirit. Believe in your heart, your spirit, that you receive forgiveness 
You have to have forgiveness. You cannot be holding a grudge, right? You must forgive that in order so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. So let's look at uh, Hebrews 4.12, the King James Version. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the New Living Translation says it like this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one whom we are accountable. Mm. The Bible further tells us that Jesus is the word. In John 1 uh, 1 through 5, and then verse 14, King James says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So if you have any doubt in your heart, it is surely seen and known by Jesus and God, who is the Word and who is one with God. Now, I personally, you know, at this point in my Christian life, struggle with the thought of having enough faith to speak to a mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea and not have doubt in my heart. I mean, uh, in my mind and spirit, I'd love, I'd love to possess that kind of faith, you know? I mean, could you imagine having the faith to be able to say into this mountain, hey, be thou uprooted and cast into the sea, and then, you know, in other scriptures uh, to a, the sycamine tree, hey, be thou uprooted and planted into the sea that God speaks of, uh, or Jesus speaks of. And uh, I mean, could you imagine to have that kind of a faith um, you know, remember in podcast two, uh, we talked about being as babies, drinking milk and growing to maturity, uh, eating meat. We talked about Olympians and professionals, uh, professional athletes and the training requir required to reach the highest levels of performance. I mean, you know, our faith begins small, our faith and grows, you know, so uh, we could easily look at the scripture above, Mark eleven twenty four, where Jesus says, Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And think, I sure would like a new car in my garage or a new boat or a new house, maybe some diamonds, uh, maybe millions of dollars. Yeah, that's the ticket. Give me millions of dollars. We could go on and on with this. We could let our fleshly minds and bodies just take right off, right? We could let our minds and desires of this earth run wild. Uh, but are we in line with God's word and the spiritual laws of faith when we run wild with our desires? Um, now, I'm not saying that God can't give you any of those things because the scripture tells with God all things are possible. But I am telling you that there's some scriptures and other parts of the word that we need to be in line with and we need to make sure that our hearts and minds and desires are in line Primarily, our spirit is in line with what the Word of God is telling us that we need. Um, so, 
I want to read another uh, scripture real quick here from the King James Version. It says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And this is from Matthew 6. I apologize for that. Matthew 6 of the King James uh, verse 31 uh, through 33. The New Living Translation says it like this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? You know, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So have you first sought the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Are you living in accordance with God's word, and are you living righteously? These are other considerations when we read the verse and we read the words of Jesus that we need to make sure we're in line with with our faith and our, our lives. So let's look at Luke uh, six forty six through 49 of the King James Version. says, And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them not, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which has built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now, I know this is long, but I'm going to read it again in the Living Translation. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it'll collapse into a heap of ruins. So, you know, we got to go back. How did we define faith earlier? Faith is the substance, the confidence, the assurance, the foundation, which has actual existence of things hoped for, the evidence, conviction, proof, assurance by which invisible things are proved, and we are convinced of their reality as completely real as if we could see, hear, smell, touch, or taste it. Your faith is the foundation that your entire relationship with God is built upon. Now, if you do not develop and have strong faith in God and His words, you cannot please God. You cannot do the things He's called you to do. You cannot experience the fullness of what God has for you in this earth. You cannot take your seat of authority in this earth. Jesus said, one who listens to his word, hears his word, his teachings, and then follows his word and teachings is like one who builds a house on a solid foundation. Hmm. The storms and floodwaters can't tear the house down. Yet if you hear his word, his teachings, and do not follow them, your house will be washed away. I mean, I can say I believe in Jesus. I believe in God I, every day, all day long. I can say it over and over and over and over. But if I fail to exercise or act on my faith in God and in his word and in Jesus, I'm like a house with no foundation. I'm a baby drinking milk. Now, this doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. 
and that I didn't receive salvation and eternal life through Christ Jesus. Salvation is the free gift of God by grace. It cannot be earned. But when the trials of life come, the temptations of Satan, the evil one come, when we're attacked by the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, the wickedness in high places, without developing our faith, we're as weak as babes. We're like a house built without a strong foundation, built on, just built flat on the ground. By hearing the Word of God, praying, seeking God, acting on the Word, our faith grows stronger and stronger, building our solid foundation, and then we become the house that's built on that solid foundation. We're adults in Christ, and we're eating milk not, or eating meat, not drinking milk. So this is where you know the rubber meets the pavement. How do we act in our faith? Are we reading the Word of God? You know, what are we put? What are we putting into our minds uh, all day? What do you put in your mind at night before we go to bed? Uh, are you reading God's word? Are you meditating on God's word? Are you having thoughts of God's word, uh, or are you going to bed with, uh, you know, Netflix or you know some other uh, TV show or or uh, whatever you may be going to bed with, and that's the last thoughts that are in your mind. That's what you're meditating on. Uh, you know, what what are you what are you putting in? What are you putting into your mind and, and before your eyes, you know, and before your ears and, and into your spirit? Um, we need to spend time building our foundation. We need to spend time uh, reading, hearing, and studying God's Word uh, and get that solid foundation. Uh, and other things will come, and we will grow, and our faith will grow. But we can't expect that we're just going to suddenly say, hey, I'm going to have faith today. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, oh, I'm speaking my faith. I'm standing. Oh, I believe you, God. I believe. All right. Uh, tomorrow morning, there's going to be a brand new car in my God's God, Lord God, I have faith. In Jesus' name, I'm praying in a car. Oh, yes, Lord, that car is going to be in my garage tomorrow morning. But we've done nothing else. We've done nothing else that's in the Word of God. We've not followed any of the other laws that's in the Word of God or, or, or dealing with faith. Uh, and, you know, chances are very great that, that car, I don't care if you said it 563 times, that car is not going to be sitting in your garage the next morning, uh, most likely. So let's do not take one or two verses out of a context without applying all the other laws that's been put in effect, uh, you know, and then think that all of a sudden, well, faith is, faith, faith, I'm going to have it, and then when I don't, well, this faith stuff don't work, right? This faith stuff don't work. So let's just keep in mind we have to have faith in God. Believe God is who he says he is and that he's able to do what he says he can do. Act on their faith. Speak it with our mouth. Do not doubt in your heart or spirit. Believe in your heart. Forgive any that you have ought against so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. And these laws, like I said, are a minimum. There's other laws within the Bible that we need to be in line with in order for our faith to be effective. Uh, as, as we uh, try to exercise it. And we are out of time again. Time flies when you're having fun and studying in God's Word here. Listen, thank you again for listening, and may God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days a year. Join us again on the next podcast, and we're going to pick right back up and keep going in this thought.